Uh, but God is so good to us. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to read uh, beginning with the 17th verse. We're going we're gonna to start here at, uh, in the middle of the verse. Uh, it says this, And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And I want to talk to you tonight on the subject, Dreamers and Their Dreams. Dreamers and their dreams. Could we just ask the Lord to bless his word? God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your people, and I pray in the name of the Lord that you would speak to our hearts, help us to hear your word, to be humble before you. I pray in Jesus' name that you would cause us to sit together in heavenly places. In your name, Lord, I pray that your word would be an encouragement to us. Strengthen us, we pray, and we give you all glory and honor in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll say it again, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It's the start of a new year, and with that comes New Year's resolutions. And we tend to resolve to do a number of certain things, and some of those things uh, do better than others. Uh, perhaps it is, I think it's January 10th today, and perhaps you're already violating all of your New Year's resolutions. Um, or maybe you've stuck with a few of them, if not all of them. But uh, it, it, anytime there is a newness uh, to a calendar or to an event in life, we tend to take advantage of that moment and begin to resolve, to set out, to embark upon a new chapter, and to do better, if you please. Uh, do better at what? You name it do better at uh, physical health, to do better financially, to do better career-wise. Maybe people have developed some educational goals that they have set out that in 2024, this is the year I finish that degree. Or in 2024, this is the year that I put so much back in savings. Or 2024, this is the year that I get back into a physical fitness. Or 2024, this is the year that I get closer to God. And uh, this should be our mindset and attitude at all times, not just at the revolution of a calendar or uh, the planet, but in, but in fact, it should be our mindset at all times to just be mindful and to be uh, focused on the things that are good and edifying. Uh, but we often do need an impetus, something that Something that makes us want to do a little bit better. And, and the things that I just referenced really do uh, kind of take up residence in our thinking and in our minds. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have dreams. We have goals. We have desires. Something that we have set as a pinnacle of life that we hope to attain to. You have a dream. Let's talk about uh, spiritual fitness for a moment. You have a dream of being a person who walks with God. That's a good dream to have. Uh, you have a dream to be a person who is uh, prayerful and mighty in prayer. Not a person who prays occasionally, but prays without ceasing. That is not hit or miss but is very focused and consistent and faithful to the things of God. That, those are great uh, goals and great dreams. And of course, on a variety of other fronts, uh, these dreams exist and, and they're good dreams and there's something that we need to focus on. And, uh, and yet I want to talk to you a little bit about these dreams because the Bible says a lot about dreams and the, it, it, it brings to our attention 
dreamers. In the passage of scripture that we've read, we've talked about a uh, man by the name of Joseph. Joseph, of course, was uh, known as the dreamer. That's what his brothers called him, the dreamer. They said, behold, the dreamer comes. And they said, let's, let's slay the dreamer and we will see what will become of his dreams. And, and uh, so that was, the, that was their idea, that they were going to slay this, this dreamer. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about, about dreamers and about dreams. Uh, because dreams are good. Goals are good. Something that God puts in your heart that you want to see take place, that you want to be a part of, that you want to see God do in your life. This is a beautiful thing. But there are some things that we want to be mindful of. And, and the, the goal is to make sure that the dream you have is a dream that can outlive you. They said we will kill the dreamer and we will see what shall become of his dreams. Uh, but, but little did they know that the dreams that Joseph had were not dreams that had only to do with Joseph. But they were dreams that had to do with an everlasting kingdom. And you can kill Joseph or let him live, but the dream is still going to come to pass. That's the kind of dream that you need to be a part of. If your dream dies with you, then it is, uh, it is a, a foolhardy dream and one that is short-lived. But, but if you will invest your mind, your energy, your talent, your time, your treasure, all that you are into the good work of God, ladies and gentlemen, that thing is going to live forevermore. Now, at the Lorraine Hotel in Memphis, Tennessee, which is the infamous spot, where Dr. Martin Luther King uh, had his life taken by the assassin's bullet. A very sad day in American history. Dr. King, of course, a dreamer of dreams. And his famous speech, I have a dream, was a dream that lived well beyond him. It was a dream that was, that was truly a God-ordained dream that all people could be in harmony with one another, that they would be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin, that they could come together and be in unity. I want you to know that when we get to heaven, heaven is going to be comprised of all cultures and backgrounds and nations who are filled with the same Holy Ghost and washed in the same blood of the Lamb of God. And Dr. King had this dream, and of course, as history would uh, inform us, he, he, he lost his life, but the dream lived beyond him. And at the Lorraine Hotel, there is a plaque right outside the, the Lorraine Hotel, and it is, of course, a civil rights museum today. And they have upon this plaque this verse of Scripture, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Let us slay him, and we will see what will become of his dream. And it was, it was aptly stated because it was an acknowledgement that the assassin's bullet could only take down one man. It could not take down the dream, which is larger than any one person. And this is true of the things of God, and it's true of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God goes well beyond the efforts of one person. The kingdom of God, the work of God, the things of God is above and beyond any one group of people. This is why the church has been persecuted from the very beginning of its uh, existence. And yet it continues to move forward in the name of the Lord. The old song says, I'm talking about the church, triumphant. And it's built by the hand of the Lord. It's been through the fire, but the fire couldn't burn it. It's been through the storm, but the wind couldn't turn it. It's the church, triumphant, and it's built by the hand of the Lord. And then the song says, I'm talking about the church in the book of Revelation. Built on the rock on a firm foundation. Been through the flood, and it's been through the fire. But one of these days, this church is going to lift up a little higher. Talking about the church, triumphant, and it's built by the hand of the Lord. What, what is this? this? This is a collection of people 
who have repented of their sins, that have been baptized into his name, that have been filled with his spirit, that are walking in the spirit, and that are filled with the mind of Christ, and their dreams are connected to the thoughts of God. And God will put a passion in you, a passion in your heart, a passion in your soul, and it will be a dream, a dream that is unquenchable, a dream that you just can't stop thinking about, how you're going to touch somebody's life and bless somebody's life. And, and I want you to know that when the, when the dream begins to formulate in the, in the context of a gathering of people, a congregation, which is the gathering of people, it's, it's all of us joining together. When that dream begins to come into fruition in that way, there is no stopping the church of the living God from doing what the Lord has called us to do. And so I want to encourage you today, as you pray and as you seek God and as you seek his face, let the Lord put his desires into your spirit. Let the Lord put his word into your heart. Let the Lord put his vision into your thinking and let God fill you up with dreams. But you've got to make sure that the dreams you are having are dreams that have to do with the kingdom of God. They cannot be about your kingdom or my kingdom. They have to be about the kingdom of God. And so this is what happens with Joseph. Joseph has these dreams, and he's a child. He's a young child, and he is heavily favored of his father. His father makes for him a coat of many colors and clothes him with it. This coat of many colors that he places upon Joseph is a source of irritation to his brethren who are all older than him. And they look at the favor that Jacob has for Joseph and they envy him. The Bible says, both in the book of Genesis and in the book of Acts, that they were moved with envy for Joseph. And envy, the book of James tells us that this is where wars come from. Wars come from envy. Wars come from covetousness. If you feel even a hint of envy in your spirit, you need to immediately seek God and ask him to take that out of your spirit because there's no room for it in the heart of the child of God. Covetousness for what another person has doesn't belong in the child of God. Envying somebody because God favors them. You know, if you're one of the brethren of Joseph and you look upon him and he's getting a coat of many colors, and that may sound, that may sound kind of, uh, you know, not much ado, maybe much ado about nothing, a coat of many colors in 2023. But in those days, a coat of many colors was hard to come by. The dye was hard to come by. The, the effort at producing a coat like that, they didn't just fly off the assembly line in Genesis 37 like they do in 2023. So it was an arduous service, an act of love that Jacob performed for his son Joseph and it was easy for his brethren to say why does he get all the favor why does he get all the coat of many colors why does he get all of the opportunity why does he get the favor of the father and I'm going to tell you that that mindset and that mentality is the beginning of the end for you it's the beginning of the end for us when we start thinking that way we have to immediately repent and say Lord who am I to criticize where you bestow your favor? If you choose to put favor upon somebody, it is the Lord's doing, therefore it is marvelous in my sight. And I will rejoice with those who rejoice and I'll weep with those who weep. Those who refuse to rejoice with those who rejoice are missing out on the blessing of the Lord. When God knows that he can trust you with somebody else getting blessed, you're the next one to be blessed. You're the next in line. If God can trust you with somebody close to you getting blessed while you are not blessed, or so you think, or so it feels, but if you'll rejoice with them, you're the next in line. Because that's how it works. 
and envy does not have place in your spirit or in your heart. You give it over to God. And yet here's Joseph. He's this kid. All of his brothers are they're older than him. They feel more secure. They feel more accomplished. They look at him as being dad's pet. That's a problem for them. And they, they envy him. And they are moved. Envy will move you. Envy will move you to do things that you normally would not do. It'll make you feel things that you don't want to feel. And it'll make you think things you don't want to think. And it caused them literally to look out upon Joseph and say, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Let us slay him. And we will see what will become of his dreams. If the coat of many colors wasn't enough, he started having these dreams. And the dreams, the dreams, man, they were hard to stomach. These dreams were a little bit more than what the brothers of Joseph could take, swallow. It was just, man, this guy's really getting on my nerves with these dreams. Because in the dreams, he was mysteriously always the exalted one. And, and so he's, he's, in one of the dreams, he's with his brothers, and they're in a field, and they're binding sheaves in the field. And while they're binding sheaves, lo, his sheaf arose, and their sheaves all began to bow and do obeisance unto his sheaf. And instead of holding that in his own spirit and thinking, Lord, what does this mean? He was so excited, thought they'd all be excited to hear about this wonderful dream he had. And he goes and shares the dream and they asked him immediately, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? What, what is this dream that you're dreaming? And here's the thing, he didn't know what he was trying to say. He didn't have an interpretation of the dream. He only had the dream. And then he has another dream. And the next dream that he has... He is, a, uh, he is in the heavens and he's a bright star and the 11 stars, he happens to have 11 brothers, and the sun and the moon, which as soon as he told Jacob, Jacob said, wait a minute, am I the sun and mom's the moon? And your brothers are the 11 stars and we're all gonna be worshiping you? Because all the stars were worshiping him. And Joseph was like, I don't know, I'm just telling you what I dreamt. And sometimes our dreams can be misunderstood, and they can even be misunderstood by us. Maybe Joseph did think it meant they were all going to worship him. Maybe he did think that his sheaf was going to arise. Now, here's what you have to understand. The sheaf that arose was, was really about Jesus. And the bright star was really about Jesus. And all of creation bowing and doing obeisance unto that sheep and that star was really all about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah who was coming. However, Joseph was going to represent him. He had been chosen of God for this purpose and for this task. And yet there were some certain things about the dream Joseph didn't understand. He didn't know why there were stars. He didn't know why there were sheaves. He didn't know why they were worshiping him. He didn't know why they were being obeisant unto him, why they were showing so much love because he wasn't getting much love in Dothan when he approached his brothers and, and began to tell them that the father wanted them. Instead, he was attacked. They wanted to kill him. Reuben interceded and said, let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. And, and this, this whole thing developed in such a way that that he couldn't even imagine why they would ever worship him. He just knows they're going to. He can't imagine why they would ever be obedient to him. He just knows they're going to. He has no interpretation of the dream. And here's the thing. Only life experiences will make sense of the dreams that God has given you. You have to let that process unfold. Because when Joseph had the dream, Joseph's dream he was center stage. They were doing obeisance unto him. So he's got the dream. But there's a difference between dreaming a dream and interpreting a dream. And you're going to have to go through some things in order for the dream to be properly interpreted. And when it's interpreted properly, Jesus is going to be at the center of it. 
And so Joseph had to go through some life experiences that would strip the Joseph out of his dreams. His dreams were so Joseph-centric that he wasn't ready for people to bow down to him. They were so Joseph-oriented that he wasn't ready for stars to honor him. They, they, they had Joseph high and lifted up. All of his dreams did. To the point that if they had come to pass in that moment, he would have been absolutely destroyed. So God had to take him through a process that would so refine him and so strip him down until Joseph started slowly vanishing from the dream and the true meaning of the dream could really come into clear focus. And that's what you're going to have to experience. God may have put a dream in you. God may have put a passion in your heart. Something that drives you. You want to see it done. You want to do it for God. You want it to happen. And then you can't understand why it's not happening. And you can't understand why it's not coming to pass. And why everything you've tried has failed. And why, why it just isn't, it isn't really forming the way you thought. Oh, it's going to form. But it might not form the way you think it will form. But when it forms, Jesus will be exalted. And you will be blessed to have played a part in that grand and glorious experience. Hallelujah. Why sheaves? Well, we now know why sheaves. Because there's going to be a famine in the land. Wait a minute. Dream didn't say nothing about a famine. No, no. You're not going to know about the famine because if you knew about the famine, you might not want the dream. But there's going to be a famine. And you're going to be lied on. People are going to say things about you that are not true. And you're going to have to keep a good spirit. Because that's part of stripping the you out of your dreams. I know it's not fair. I know it's not fair. And no, it wasn't in the dream. But it's an important part of the dream because you won't be able to let stars honor you until you've been humbled for two years in a prison cell for unjust causes, something you're not even guilty of. Stripping the Joseph out of the dream is such a vital part of the dream coming to pass. And so Joseph goes through this experience. Slavery, that wasn't part of the dream. Here it is, sure enough, sold into slavery. Potiphar's house is starting to look like maybe it's a good little opportunity. Things are going well. That's the thing about living life and the experiences of life is that there are ups and there are downs. You know, Potiphar's house seemed to be a good little gig for a while. Everything he touched prospered. Everything he participated in was going well and doing good. And then Potiphar's wife lies on him, falsely accuses him. He is cast into prison. And, and Joseph is now stuck with this idea that why can't I win for losing? Why, why is it, what is it about me that makes people want to lie about me? What is it about me that makes my brothers hate me what is it about me what is it about me and if he had looked inward then he could have just suffocated under the pressure of that false way of thinking but instead he kept his focus upon the things of God don't lose the dream don't lose sight of your dream I think that's important because we mentioned his dreams came when he was a child but do you know what the prophet Joel said? The prophet Joel said, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And guess what? Your old men shall dream dreams. Dreams aren't just for the young. Dreams are for the young and the old and everything in between. 
If, listen, if you're alive right now, you, you are to be dreaming about doing something for God. Putting your shoulder under a burden and saying, let's go do something for the work and the will of God. We ask for your prayers. We're getting ready to head to because of the times, Alexandria, Louisiana, one of the great conferences, apostolic conferences, and we're going to be able to hear the wonderful ministry of Sister Vesta Lane Mangan, who if you are familiar with Sister Mangan, she's an amazing vessel of the Lord, 98 years old, and is going to preach the gospel here next week at Alexandria, Louisiana for the 40th because of the times. What, what, what is that? That's somebody who said, I'm not going to let age stop me from dreaming. I'm not going to let age prevent me from doing something productive for the kingdom of God. And whatever it is that God has put it in your heart, put it in your soul, that passion that drives you, let's do it together. Let's put our arm in arm and see God do something great for this lost and dying world. I want you to know Jesus is coming back and he doesn't want any bench warmer. He doesn't want people sitting on the sidelines saying, well, my days are over or my days haven't started. No, put your shoulder to the plow. Put your shoulder to the plow. Hallelujah. Put your shoulder to the plow and don't look back. If anybody looks back, they're not fit for the kingdom. We've got work to do. We've got dreams to dream. We've got visions to execute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, it's not just something that a young child has in their thinking. No, no. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's something that you do all your life. Right now, our beloved sister Buller is teaching Bible studies, teaching Bible group Bible studies. As we speak, she's teaching Bible studies and gathering people together, teaching the word of the Lord. She and Brother Buller pastored here for 34 years and, and evangelized before that and interim pastored in other churches throughout Ohio uh, after they had retired from here. And of course, we're here as bishop uh, for a number of years, but she's got work to do and stuff to do and people to reach and Bible studies to teach. There's no stopping you. We need prayer warriors of all ages. We need the young to pray. We need the elders to pray. We need the young to worship. We need the elders to worship. We need the young to sing. We need the elders to sing. We need the young to preach. We need the elders to preach. We've got a work for the Lord to do. We've got a work for the Lord to do. And maybe it looks different. Maybe it looks different than what you've done before. That's all right. There's not a thing in the world wrong with that. It can look different. But, but, but God has need of you in his kingdom. Praise God. And so it has to be about, about the Lord and not about us. Deuteronomy chapter 13. I want to read to you what the law of Moses says concerning dreamers. Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 1. He warns the children of Israel. He said, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee. So if he gives you a sign or a wonder and it comes to pass, we all like signs and wonders. He said, if there is a prophet or a dreamer that comes along and gives you a sign or a wonder, and then convinces you of the sign or the wonder, with the sign or wonder of their validity. But if this is what they're saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and cleave unto him. What is he saying? He's saying dreams have to be focused upon the things of God. Dreams have to be centered in the kingdom of God and the commandments of God and the work of God. That's what we dream about. We do not dream about our own selfish pursuits. Now here's the beautiful thing about it. When you exalt the Lord, guess what he does? 
He, he exalts you above measure. Do you know that if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due season? And listen, you want God to exalt you and nobody else. Because if God exalts you, you're on a firm foundation. Even as high as he takes you, you're still on a firm foundation. But if you exalt yourself, you're like skydiving without a parachute. If you exalt yourself, you're bungee jumping without a bungee cord. If you exalt yourself, it's going to end in total disaster. But if you will let the Lord exalt you. You know, we find ourselves saying, let the Lord do it. Let the Lord fight the battle. Let the Lord exalt you. And the way to, for God to exalt you is for you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, then he will exalt you, and here's, here's a key part, in due season. Now we don't like due season. We want it now, and we think we're mista- we've made mistakes and we're a failure, and we've, we are so self-loathing, and so self-pitying, and so self-destructive. Do you know why? Because the accuser of the brethren sits in our ears and tells us those lies about ourselves. He sits in our ear and he tries to convince us that we have failed, that we're no good, that we have nothing to offer, that Joseph gets all the coats of many colors, that we have nothing to to, to participate in and nothing to contribute and nothing to add, and all of that is a lie from the devil. And if you believe it, the Bible says we believe lies and are damned. Don't let the lie of the devil become the damnation of your soul. He is a liar and the father of all liars. You put your faith in Almighty God. You put your trust in the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You just have to call me crazy, but I believe God is so good that I will see his goodness while I live on this earth. Oh, I know there's streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl, but I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I just believe I'm going to see the mighty blessing of the Lord come down upon me and upon my family and upon this congregation and upon this city and upon this great message that's being preached. I just believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And no devil in hell is going to tell me otherwise. And nobody, prophet or dreamer of dreams, who tries to turn us to another direction will be able to succeed because I trust in the goodness of God. I trust in the goodness of God. Yeah, but it's not going like you thought it would go. Well, you know, that's not actually, well, there's truth in that because... We may concoct an idea of what path it might take, but, but it's going where God said it would go. I'll tell you that right now. Well, but maybe you messed it up somewhere. See, that's really what, what, what gets us off track is we know God knows what he's doing. It's us. We know we don't have a clue what we're doing. So do you know how many times we sit around and say, I missed my moment and I missed that opportunity and I messed that up and if I'd have just said no and if I'd have just said yes and if I, if I, if, 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 coulda, woulda, shoulda, nothing. I rebuke all of that thinking in Jesus' name. God is the great corrector of the course. All you gotta do is humble yourself before him. And say, God, if I did something to mess this up, would you just correct my course? And God, who is above all and through all and in you all, puts his mighty hand upon your life and puts you on the right path. You didn't miss anything. God can correct that course tonight. Tonight. He can correct it tonight. Don't sit around and think, man, I messed it up 10 years ago and ever since then everything's been a mess. No, 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 no. I rebuke, that's a lie of the devil. That's not how this works. 
I said, that's not how this works, Jonah. I know you should have never got on that boat, Jonah. I know you should have never sailed to Tarshish, Jonah. I know you should have never. You should have never. You should have never. But you did. So right where you are, cry out to God. And I'm going to tell you, he'll turn that fish around and that fish will start swimming as fast as it can to dry land and will spit you out upon the next step of your journey. I'm going to preach faith into somebody tonight that God is not done with you and your dreams are still the plan, the purpose, and the providence of God. My God, hallelujah. You, but, but, but you've got to say, okay, God, strip my dreams of me. Strip my dreams of Joseph. And let me see clearly what this is all about. And then when you do that, God, God can put you where you need to be. And you'll meet a butler and you'll meet a baker and they'll have needs and they'll have dreams and you're going to participate in other people's dreams but you can't get it twisted you have to remember even their dreams have to be all about Jesus the butler and the baker walk in and the butler says I had a dream Joseph said really and now Joseph is getting ready to find something out about himself Joseph is about to learn that all that being rejected and betrayed, sold into slavery, falsely accused, up and down, up and down, highs and lows, trusting in God, being faithful to God, all of that has landed him squarely into a different type of anointing. When he was young, man, when he was young, he could dream those dreams just as fast as you could think of him, he could dream. Man, I'll dream another dream, dream another dream. But now he's about to learn that life and God, life serving God has taught him not only how to dream dreams, but how to interpret them. And that's different. Now you know what stuff means. Whereas before you just had great ideas that were God-given. But now you understand what it means. And the butler says, I had a dream. And in my dream, there was this fruitful vine. And it was, it was bursting with all manner of, of grapes. And clusters of grapes were just shooting forth from this vine. And Joseph said, you're going to live. He said, there were three, there were three vines. And he said, I had a cup. He said, here's, here's what, what you're going to, what you're going to experience. This, this, this dream represents that there's going to be three days. And at the end of three days, you're going to be exalted back to where you were. He said, you're going to live. Your dream tells me you're going to live because in the middle of your dream was the fruitful vine. The baker walks up and says, I too had a dream. He said, what's your dream? He said, in my dream, I, I was in my dream. And in my dream, I had three baskets on my head. And he said, uh, the three baskets on my head uh, had baked meats in them. And the birds of the air came and ate the meat that was in my basket on the tops of my head, top of my head. And uh, Joseph said, oh, I got bad news for you. He said, those three baskets are three days. At the end of three days, you're going to be dead. Let me tell you the difference between the butler's dream and the baker's dream. The butler's dream had at its center the fruitful vine. In John 15, we find out who that is. Jesus said, I am the vine. The butler's dream wasn't about the butler. The butler's dream was about Jesus. The baker's dream was different. The baker's dream, he said, I was in my dream. And I had upon my head baskets of baked meats and the birds of the air were eating it away. And, and, and Joseph said, in three days, two things are going to happen. In three days, the butler is going to be exalted and the baker is going to be hung. That's what's going to happen in the next three days, within three days. And it happened just exactly the way Joseph said it would happen. And he knew it because he learned 
what happens to dreams that have the Lord at the center and what happens to dreams that have us at the center. And he told the butler when the butler was leaving, he said, hey, uh, you know, I hate to ask too much, but since I kind of helped you with your anxiety and all, could you at least remember me? And the guy said, oh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure, absolutely, for sure, no, no question. And the butler promptly forgot him. For two years, for two years he forgot. He was so busy loving life and and living off the fruitful vine, giving Pharaoh a drink every now and then that he totally forgot about that poor old guy in the prison that told him what the dream meant. But God was in that too because those two years were gonna give Joseph more time to be alone with God. You may not think that's necessary, but, but God knows what we can handle. And God knows that what he's about to exalt Joseph to is gonna have to have such pristine perspective that only two years in prison could have prepared him for it. And when Joseph walks out of that prison cell because Pharaoh has a dream, the dreamers are dreaming. And Pharaoh has a dream, has two of them, and he can't find anybody to give him the interpretation. And the butler is standing there listening to Pharaoh talk, and the butler's like, man, if only I knew a guy that could interpret dreams. Wait a minute, I do know a guy that can interpret dreams. And he said, Pharaoh, there's this guy in your prison and he's amazing, he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh says, well, go bring him to me. And they bring Joseph to him. And Joseph says to Pharaoh, the dream that you had is one. Two dreams, but it's one message. And he said, and it is so because the Lord is going to shortly bring it to pass. It's two dreams, but it's one message. And in this in this dream, there were seven, there were seven well-favored kine and there were seven lean kine or cows. Seven well-favored cows, seven lean cows. And the seven lean cows devoured the seven well-favored cows. And then there were seven full ears of corn and seven lean ears of corn. And the seven lean ears of corn devoured the seven full ears of corn. Made no sense whatsoever, except that it did to the interpreter of the dream the one who Joseph had been so thoroughly stripped from his dreams and anybody else's dreams. He didn't even see him in any dream. He, he only saw the, the perfect picture and will of God in every dream that he encountered. And he said to Pharaoh, this is what the dream is all about. And he said, there's gonna be seven years of plenty and there are gonna be seven years of famine. And we have to be putting back in store for seven years of plenty to prepare for the seven years of famine that are coming. And Pharaoh, it so resonated with him that, that he calls Joseph into service for the Egyptian throne and he begins to operate as the second in command to Pharaoh. And he is overseeing the entire project of putting in store corn and grain and all the necessary food staples that will be needed during seven years of famine. And folks, the whole earth was affected by the famine. And there was only one place that was prepared and it was prepared by a dreamer of dreams who could interpret them now as well. And, and, and now He's, doing, he's busy living life and working and getting things done and preparing and preparing. And they have got storehouses of grain. He doesn't even realize it, but the whole world is going to be coming to him looking for food. And it will be because of his wise stewardship that they're in a position to help the whole world. And the Bible says that they saved much people alive. And he didn't, he didn't even, it wasn't, he didn't have time to think about all that this meant and what all of this was, how it related to his early life. He, he hasn't reconciled anything about being rejected and sold into slavery and none of that makes any sense. All that abuse, none of that made any sense to him yet. He's just doing what God told him to do and he's, he's dreaming dreams and interpreting dreams and he's stewarding and he's storing and he's just doing life until his brothers show up. And when his brothers show up, and those 11 stars start doing obeisance to him. And those 11 sheaves begin to do obeisance to him. 
it was, it was overwhelming when he started realizing, oh my, oh my, this was never about me being exalted above them. It was always about me being of service to the whole world. It was never, it was none of it. All of the purpose and passion and plan and will of God and dream that he put in my heart, none of it was about me being above others. It was all about me being used of God to save much people alive. I only saw this moment in my dream. I, I only saw this moment. I didn't have any context. It was life that filled in the blanks. That was the context. And I want you to, to just be encouraged today that the dream is not dead. It's just being contextualized. It's, it's just the, the blanks are being filled in. But, but, but that picture that God put in your heart, that picture that God put in your heart, if you will let him strip you from that picture, and you will live to see it come to pass in a way that may totally shock you, but it'll be the most beautiful experience of your life. Look at your neighbor and tell him, dream on. Keep on dreaming. Don't let life get you down. Don't let the mundane get you down. Don't let monotony get you down. Don't let criticism get you down. Don't, don't, let, don't let rejection and betrayal get you down. Don't, don't let failure get you down. Don't let mistakes get you down. God's got a purpose. God gave you a dream. I said God gave you a dream for a reason, for a reason, for a reason. Hallelujah. That's what this consecration month is all about. It's all about, Lord, take me out of the equation. Could you just strip me out of the picture? I just let my flesh die. Let this carnal appetite die. Let these worldly desires and these fleshly lusts die so that I can see clearly your purpose and your vision and your plan. Hallelujah. How many will let God do that for you? Could you, could you do that right now? Could we just... Can we just maybe stand to our feet and lift up our hands unto the Lord in this house and say, God, I know you have a purpose. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, that you'll put it all in perspective for me. God, put it all in perspective for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will bring to pass every promise he has ever put in your heart. Don't veer off that path. Stay on that path. If you have veered off that path, just humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he'll put you right back on the right trajectory. Hallelujah. And get you where he has always determined that you will go. Hallelujah. Ah, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Your mistake and your failure has not caused God to lose faith in his plan for your life. Hallelujah. Where you might have gotten something off track doesn't even phase God. He's just waiting for you to get, to get back into the picture. Come on, let's do what I told you we're going to do. Come on, I'm wanting to, we're going to fulfill this thing. It may look different than you envisioned, but we're going to make it happen, and it's going to be the most beautiful thing. It'll be more beautiful than anyone could have scripted. Ah, oh, blessed be his holy name. I want us just to lift up our hands on this first Wednesday night of 2024, and I want us to recommit ourselves to God and say, Lord, I'm not giving up on the passion, the dream, the purpose, the plan that you put in my heart, that you put in my mind, oh God. I want somebody to come. We're opening up these altars. I want somebody that God has given you a dream. God has given you a, a purpose. God has given you a, a word of assurance. And every devil in hell has come against it throughout your life. And so many times the enemy has whispered to you and told you that you somewhere you got off track. Somewhere you're not going to live up to it. Somewhere it's not going to happen. I, I, I come in the name of the Lord tonight. 
to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It will come to pass. It shall come to pass. Dream those dreams. Old men dream dreams. Young men see visions. Sons and daughters prophesy. Declare that dream again. Declare that word again. <laughs> glory, glory. Hallelujah. Come on, dream a dream that lives beyond you. Dream a dream that is beyond your lifespan. Dream a dream that persists even after you're out of the picture. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I feel the burden of somebody right now. I don't know who it is, but I feel your burden right now. Your dream is on life support. You feel like you feel like you just lost every opportunity, like there's just no chance and that you don't even, you don't have any direction. But I've come to breathe life into it in the name of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is in this house to breathe life into the dream God has put in your heart. Those dry bones are going to live again because the purpose of God shall not be turned back. It shall be accomplished. It shall be accomplished. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. Cry loud. Cry loud. Lift up your voice in the sanctuary. Lift up your voice in the sanctuary. Thank God, thank God that he is with you. Ah, thank God that he is with you. Woo, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, yes. He goes before Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> ah, yes. I won't fear. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Lord. Filled with anointing. Glory. Hallelujah. My cup is overflowing.
that's it. Lift up your praise unto him. Lift up your praise unto him. Lift up your praise unto him. Come on, that's it. Give him a praise today. Give him a praise today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, open up your mouth and lift up a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I will walk in victory. within me. Woo, I'm not going to be afraid. I've got the Holy Ghost inside of me. God is a good God. Ah, if i got to go through it, He's working together something for my good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we go tonight, I, I want you to find somebody and I want, you to, I want you to say to them, say, my faith has been uplifted. Oh, the devil's been trying to tell you, beat you down and tear you down. You just rebuke all of that and tell them my faith has been uplifted. My spirit has been strengthened. My mind is sharp. I've got a clear view of the goodness of God and everything is going to be all right. Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead and tell them everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. God is on my side. Thank you, Jesus. And if God be for us, who can be against us? God bless you in the name of the Lord. And we will see you soon. Prayer tomorrow at noon. Glory to God. Sunday, we're going to have a great time in the presence of the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name.